0: He would put the strangest things together, like guitar, electric guitar, and banjo, and, you know, harpsichord, and all these, you know, maybe a harp, all playing the same line. So they just create this really strange sound.
1: friends welcome back to the Salon podcast this is wyatt in nashville tennessee joined as always by jason brewer just moving and grooving everybody as always here we are guys we're back we're still doing it delivering you that hot juicy beach boys content so we got a lot to talk about today let's get it started with the latest beach boys news So Mike Love just put out his new LP called 12 Sides of Summer. You can find it wherever you usually listen to music. And I have not listened to it yet, sadly. Um, I'm listening
0: right now.
1: (laughs) I've been really busy. But uh, upcoming Mike Love documentary is in development as well. Just heard about that. So very interesting. We've got a Brian Wilson and a Mike Love documentary coming soon. A couple days ago, the Beach Boys played a gig, and uh, Ringo Starr came on stage with them to sing with a little help from my friends, which I thought was pretty cool. You can check that out on the YouTube. It was in Chicago. It reminded me of back in 1984 on the 4th of July when they did some songs together. I did just read the newest Endless Summer Quarterly magazine. So if you haven't checked that out, please pick it up. It's great. It's a tribute to um, Daryl Dragon, who we lost earlier this year. And it's really fantastic. And there's also a great little advertisement in the front cover on the inside. Your boys are in there. So thanks, David, for featuring us. and. Uh, Thanks for always doing great work over there at Endless Summer Quarterly. That's esquarterly.com. You can subscribe there. And Brian is back on tour as of today. So you guys go check him out. I know that he got all the um, cards and letters from everyone and was really pumped about it. So thank you if you wrote in to Brian. Hopefully he is doing great, and hopefully you guys enjoy these shows. I will not be able to attend, but I'm looking forward to hearing about it from you guys especially the zombies shows um, where they're doing all the surfs up and friends stuff. That'll be great. Yeah. I, I really wish I could see that. So we've got a couple shows coming up. We like to meet you guys. If you want to come out and say, Hey, and have an adult beverage with us, um, let us know that you're coming. And uh, we got some shows um, coming up this month. What do we have coming up, Jason?
0: Well, we have August 8th in Fayetteville, North Carolina. August 16th in McMinnville, Tennessee, which is a reschedule. So if you guys saw that on our schedule earlier, uh, it's happening August 16th. August 22nd in Montvideo, Minnesota. 23rd of August in Red Wing, Minnesota. And the 25th of August in Forest City, Iowa.
1: Yeah, I want to give a shout out to a couple friends that came to see us uh, last week in Georgia. Daryl Fletcher and uh, Charles Needle. We talked to Charles before via email from Australia and he's got another email for us today. And I wanted to just jump into that. He says, hey guys, you asked about when people first heard pet sounds. I'm 64, so if my memory of dates, etc. are a little off, that's my excuse. I was about 13 or 14. I didn't hear it on release. It was after Good Vibrations was released, and I knew that the Beach Boys were an important part of my life, right up there with the Beatles and the Monkees. I saw a price cut Beach Boys album with some great hits on it, God Only Knows, and the glorious Sloop John B, so I bought it. I didn't like it apart from the hits. Where were the falsetto bits like in Fun Fun Fun, Hawaii, and California Girls, the super catchy tunes, and the stories about pretty girls and surfing and cars? Talk about ruining a formula. In my defense, I have to say I had the mentality of a 14-year-old. And worse still, strings and instrumental tracks. Two instrumental tracks? What is this? To my mind, it sounded suspiciously like Shudder, Grown Ups music. I didn't (laughs) mind Here Today, but the rest, bleh. One more point of interest the album I bought wasn't even called Pet Sounds. It was an Australian release, an MFP label, a cut price label that put a picture of the boys in their blue striped shirts on the cover, and some incredibly lame article on the back. Years later, and here is where the memory is stretched. After I bought Wild Honey or Friends, I read about this great album by the Beach Boys, a classic called Pet Sounds. I went to a few record stores until I found a copy, and, hmm, same track listing as my old album. Intrigued, I went home and dug it out for my collection. If this were a movie, the scene would be me looking through a bunch of records till I found it, but in reality, it was in order then, like they are now, alphabetically by band, then chronological. I played it, I suspect for the first time since I bought it, a light went on. I get it now. But first impressions count for a lot, so it's still not one of my favorites. I prefer the ones I bought on release and fell in love with. Love You, Wild Honey, 2020, Sunflower. I appreciate it more as a snapshot of genius that has shaped my love of music. I've ranted, no more from me. But they've certainly got their money's worth out of it for me. I can't think how many times I've bought the thing. As a twofer release with Smiley Smile, first CD, box set, 40th anniversary, the list goes on. Charles Needle.
0: I never, ever, Wyatt, I never, ever get tired of these great emails about this stuff. And um, I know a lot of us have similar stories of how we got into the the deeper zone of Beach Boys land. But, you know, it always gets me excited just to read, even if it's a similar story to someone else's, I get really pumped. So, Charles, great, great, great email. And uh, I've got to go find this weird copy of Pet Sounds now
1: yeah man it was good meeting you at the show last week and um thanks for writing in and sharing your story it is a little different a little unique because of the way that you discovered it and uh kind of being out of context and then kind of going backwards from from uh, the albums that you were old enough to appreciate um but yeah man thanks as always for listening in up next an email from lee parker hi guys i just wanted to say how great the podcast is and how interesting i am finding it My head teacher at school always talked about his love for the Beach Boys, which was an instant turnoff. I had heard some of their biggest hits, but never really listened to them with any great deal of interest. Fast forward 15 years and I'm collecting vinyl and often buy the record on on offer each month at HMV, which is in September 2018 happened to be Pet Sounds. I was on paternity leave at the time after the birth of my first child, Jude. Yes, I'm a big Beatles fan. After taking the record home and listening to it, I became instantly obsessed. I watched the film Love and Mercy and became even more obsessed, which led me to your podcast. I am now on episode 10 and discovering the Beach Boys albums in chronological order along with your amazing podcast. What a brilliant way to learn all there is to know about this amazing band. I just wanted to write you guys and say thanks so much for your great work on the show, and I can't wait to keep listening through them all. Keep up the great work, guys. Lee Parker, Preston, England.
0: So this is the most exciting and my favorite kind of email to get. I think it's awesome when we've got someone kind of taking the journey of the Beach Boys with us for the first time. I mean, yeah, how, how awesome! I mean, this is—I know this is why one of the main reasons why you wanted to start doing this podcast, Why and it's what got me so intrigued to to like be part of it with you was like, oh, uh, we're gonna we're gonna take people on this kind of cool trip. So, um, yeah, Lee. I mean, I'm just pretty ecstatic that. Us rambling like nerds about the Beach Boys is getting you more excited for the best band ever.
1: Yeah, man. Thank you so much for writing. That's a great story. And um, I hope that you stick with us because there's a lot of great stuff coming up. I mean, there's always a lot of great stuff coming up, but especially in the next, you know, coming weeks and months. All right. One more email from Daniel Vincent. Guys, I am loving the pod, the way you guys break down the records, the stories behind the songs, and the people behind the scenes. It's food for my musical soul. I have to say how much I really enjoyed the mix of songs and artists you played on Can't Believe It's Not the Beach Boys. A great mix of familiar and obscure stuff, but all great. Lots of cool tunes I'd never heard before with some quick stories to go along with them. I hope that there's another volume or two of these Beach Boys-inspired songs to come. You know there's a zillion tracks out there to choose from. It sounded like you guys had some fun choosing some songs to share with us. It actually made me realize how much the Beach Boys' sounds and sensibility has shaped my own taste in music. Thanks again for the sweet podcast. I can tell it's a labor of love. It's well-produced, sounds great, and very thoughtfully put together. I look forward to every time I get the chance to turn it on and listen to a couple of friends talk about my favorite band and some of my favorite music ever. Sincerely, Daniel.
0: I thought... You know that we could do probably five more episodes on that, considering the amount of fake uh, beach—I fake Beach Boy songs—fake Beach Boy songs, songs that are around. So I'm really glad, Daniel, that you were digging into that because I—I really nerded out over that episode myself personally. Really appreciate you listening and kind of going on this, you know, journey with us through all these crazy things related to the Beach Boys. Thanks for writing in.
1: Yeah, man, thank you so much. I, do, I, I would love to do another episode like that sometime down the line. We'll see.
0: You know, he did say that it was food for his musical soul, and I'm hoping that he heard the, the food episode.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that, that, that is available if you want to listen to our, <laughs> listen to our Beach Boys radio show about um, all about food. It is on the Patreon website. Which you can um, check out at Patreon.com/salon, and uh, shout out to Doug Burrell and Kurt Grebe over on the Patreon side. Thank you guys for listening in. Thank you guys for supporting us.
2: We love you.
1: Also, you can find us on Instagram at Salon Sounds, and I wanted to do a little Q and A for the first time ever. Um, i posted today to ask questions and we got a bunch of really good questions from some instagrammers and i wanted to answer some of them now if we could i haven't looked at them so it's going to be it's going to be interesting we'll see how this goes all right the first one is from fraser cowan what is your favorite track from summer in paradise all right here we go <laughs> uh. well my favorite uh track off of summer in paradise is actually um one summer night or what's the actual title it's like summer dancing or something like that isn't that the bruce one yeah oh slow summer Dancin'. yeah okay but um there's a couple other songs i like on that record any comment there, uh,
0: I, I don't like that record. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the title track's actually kind of cool. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, its I've only listened to that record, I'm just being honest with you guys. I've listened to it like three or four times, maybe, just because to, it's hard to listen to, and I'm just like, I'm never in the mood. I'll jam Still cruising with you guys anytime, though. Let me
1: tell you. This is from Jamie Arnett. Have you guys ever considered growing cool 70s-era Beach Boys beards?
0: Would if I could, Jamie. Would if I could. Why it can?
1: Well, a couple of us have grown not-so-cool Beach Boys 70s beards. They haven't gotten that big. We try and keep it pretty kemped. Um, But, I mean, don't tempt me. I will definitely love to have a Beach Boys 70s Beach Boys beard another question from our friend Jackie she says will you ever sing surfs up at one of your shows I'm gonna say probably not but I wouldn't rule it out just leave it at that it's a good one Troy Owen says will you cover Mike loves unofficially released albums well yeah we're gonna talk about everything everything and I do mean everything. country love man country love is floating out there right now somebody sent me a new copy of country love Whoa. So, I don't know what's going on right now on the internet, but some <laughs> <laughs> some drifter on the internet sent me a copy of Country Love in high, in high quality, so hey, I haven't man, jammed it yet. here's Country Love, exactly. man. <laughs> so, shout out to the anonymous um, Beach Boys drifter that sent me that. <laughs> Patrick Miller says, which Beach Boys song did you think you knew how to play correctly, but had it all wrong? I would say for me, uh, it wasn't necessarily the playing, but um, a lot of the early Beach Boys stuff—the singing—is is a little bit more complex than than it seems. But um, I had to play bass, so there wasn't a lot of confusion about what what the parts were.
0: Uh for me, I I'm kind of in the same boat where. You know, most of the changes kind of made sense because I, I tried to really, if I learned how to play a Beach Boys song when I was younger, I spent a lot of time trying to really get it. Um, but for me, like, actually some of the guitar parts, like on Wild Honey and stuff like that, just kind of have a, you know, it, they're not that prominent in the mix of the records. And so to kind of really get in there and, and dig into how they, how they feel, was uh, a little
1: bit of a shock to the system all right let's do a couple more brady in hd says why wasn't bruce with the group during the smiley smile sessions so this one I actually um recently talked to a friend named clayton who uh shout out to the beach boys discord he um, told me that he's a big bruce fan and he told me that The general consensus is that Bruce wasn't a big fan of of what they were doing on Smile, and he felt that it was pretty demeaning when Brian made them do all the barnyard animal sounds and was really kind of taken aback by all that and was kind of separating himself and, and putting a little bit of distance between him and the band for that period of time. So he wasn't really involved with Smiley Smile, but he loves that record, funny enough. He talks about how much he loves it. But, interesting yep yeah, he's not on that record
0: yeah cause I guess he was I don't know
1: I don't know what he was doing he was chilling spending all that money he made
0: <laughs> yeah I guess so
1: he was like 24 years old and rich so he was doing just fine but uh, Lareca says how funny would Dennis be if he were alive and on social media today I mean, that's so hard to imagine.
0: Al's pretty funny on social media.
1: Yeah. I mean, I just don't see Dennis as being a social media guy, even if he were alive today, you know? He doesn't really seem like he wants to share everything all the time, but who knows? It could be interesting. (laughs) So we were talking about Pet Sounds, of course. We're still rolling through these tracks. Um, That brings us up to Friday, February 11th, 1966, where Brian brought in another new tune to work on with the fabulous Wrecking Crew and Chuck Britz at 9 a.m. at Western Studios. This track was called Don't Talk, Put Your Head on My Shoulder. So back in October 13th, 1965, as we talked about, Brian was in the studio doing a lot of little interesting demos and and side projects. And one of the things he laid down was a piano demo of this track. Faster. Yeah, it had more. It had a little bit more of an upbeat tempo. It didn't have that triplet feel that it has on the final version. Um, but I think he just wanted to get something down. And then later on sometime, he put down a vocal demo of this track. Um, just kind of doing a vocal stack of harmonies. And Carol Kay recalls that Brian played this recording for the musicians to give them a feel for the song.
2: One, two three four next, next, next
1: of that voice. Okay. which I thought was really cool Um because it, as far as I know, they, they did this track really quickly. I think they got it in two takes. So
0: crazy.
2: Uh, uh, oh, you forgot to tell me. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. All right. This Hold is... On. Don't talk. Take one. Now, you know, there's a
1: just kind of a, the the core group here not a lot going on on this track but really beautiful really ethereal um, emotional track um, just starting off here with al Delore on the hammond organ uh, being joined by hal blaine playing just simple quarter notes on the ride and then Lyle Ritz and Carol Kaye doubling the bass part. Um, you got Billy Strange playing the kind of tremolo 12-string part that kind of um, creeps in and out, and then uh, Glenn Campbell's doing the more lead-style guitar lines. And that's also accentuated by Steve Douglas playing piano and uh, Frank Capp playing the vibraphone. Frank also jumps to the timpani for the crescendo coming out of the instrumental break. dubbed a string quartet on April 3rd, which was beautifully arranged and really was one of the centerpieces for this particular track. Um, The vocals that Brian did on that short demo kind of lent themselves to the arrangement of the strings much later. Um, And one of the things that's really interesting about this track is that there are no harmonies. It's uh, just Brian and the band and the strings kind of take over where vocals would have been. Um, And the the strings are very emotional and very um, evocative of the mood of the song you can listen to this track and feel where this song is coming from and feel the emotion in the writing
0: First, heard this song on Pet Sounds, it like knocked me out. It's like, oh man, this is special. This is my favorite one on the album. Like, immediately was my favorite. Kind of weird that that was the case, considering all the big hits and brilliant songs all across this record. But this one really stood out because of this like orchestral, ethereal, even a little dark sounding track. And I was just really drawn to that. And there's a moodiness. And a lot of passion in the track, and that comes in right off the riff, right off the beginning, with the um, the way that that upright bass is being played, and that tremolo-picked lead guitar, and then the orchestra comes in. I mean, just listening to it today, even I got a little emotional because it's a really emotional track. It's probably the most emotional track on the record, next to Caroline. No, I think <laughs> there's just something about it. It definitely, even without the amazing vocal that Brian put on it, emotes such emotion and such a thing that really kind of hits me to my core um, with just the way it says. I mean, it's probably one of the ultimate uh, examples to me and how music can really speak down to your soul, man.
1: this was another song that was written with Tony Asher who was collaborating with Brian on a lot of these songs on Pet Sounds and uh, he says it's strange to sit down and write a song about not talking as often happened don't talk evolved from one of our seemingly inconsequential discussions about dating and nonverbal communication that's a very difficult thing to translate into a song but we managed to do it and it came off well
2: I can hear in your sides, and I can see so much in your eyes there are words we both could say but don't talk put your head on my shoulder come close close your eyes and be still don't talk take my hand and let me hear your heart beat
1: one of the things i love a lot about this vocal is when he says heartbeat and the bass kind of takes the lead um and plays like a slow run, kind of dipping down to kind of reset the song. And, um, from a compositional standpoint, the song is, is very unsettling. You know, it's like God only knows in a way where the key isn't immediately understood and it kind of shifts back and forth between minor and major. And there's lots of bass inversions as we've come to expect during this time. And it's, um, it's truly a masterpiece of inner voice movement. To be nerdy, um, there's just so much going on here that is kind of secondary to the melody and to the chord changes, um, especially in the string arrangement. I think it's just unbelievably cool, and um, if you listen to the track, especially during the instrumental break, um, it's just it's mind-numbingly. Intricate as far as like the chord voicings um and it's it's to a a point where I think Brian himself was challenging his writing and his arranging um to a new to a new level um, and I don't know anybody else that was doing that sort of thing at this time. It was really really next level, and the lyric is beautiful, and you can definitely tell that Brian wanted this to be another track with just him just like caroline know where he could really put the lyric and the melody and the performance of the of the lead in the forefront so it's kind of a somber song you know um there is a lot of doubt here in the lyric let's not think about tomorrow is it their last night together is he leaving is he going somewhere it's a really sweet song, but it's also, there's a lot of sadness in it. And I think that's, you know, what you can say about a lot of these songs like God Only Knows and Caroline Know. And, uh, it's an absolutely beautiful melody that Brian sings in a way only Brian can sing. Um, I think I read a quote from John Stebbins recently. He said, um, there seems to be a constant shadow of doubt that overwhelms any lasting sense of well-being or peace of mind. And i think within the composition you get that as well as in the lyric and the vocal um and as he ascends to you know listen 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 that part it just kills me because it's it's you know it just takes a break and there's nothing but the music and you can actually really really listen to the you know ridiculous talent that's on display by both brian and the wrecking crew performing this amazing track. It's a 10 out of 10 for me, obviously.
2: I can hear so much in your sight, and I can see so much in your eyes. there are Oh <laughs>
0: Yeah. I mean, I was saying earlier, it was for a long time, my favorite song on Pet Sounds. It's definitely a 10 out of 10 because I don't think anyone has written a song like this other than Brian. It's its own animal. Nothing sounds like this. Nothing has come close to being as emotive as this, if you ask me. It's it's perfect.
1: They didn't perform this song a lot live especially at the time but in 74 i found a live version of carl singing lead it's quite beautiful It sort of extends, like, um, I know there's an answer, like an octave and a half in the vocal range, and it's something that not a lot of people can do, especially not in a way that is soulful and beautiful like like Brian does. So, um, hearing Carl do it was really, really awesome. Um, but yeah, obviously, they've done it since then. They've done it live um, with uh, Brian's band, so for the Pet Sound shows and... um It's quite beautiful and I'll always love this track, man. It's one of my very favorites and I do think it's underappreciated. I doing my research for this going through, I usually go through all the typical, you know, sources. I go through all my books and I go through all the Beach Boys movies and documentaries and this song never comes up. Like no one ever talks about it. It's, it's just passed over kind of, kind of like just very, very shortly. Even in even in uh, books and documentaries about Pet Sounds, it's not really talked about, which I thought was crazy.
0: I think it's it's hard for a lot of people to wrap their heads around it. Just to be honest with you, uh, and that's not a like belittling point to anyone, but sure, it's not for the casual listener because it's it's heavy.
1: And also, there's no know? I mean, like you know, there's no harmonies on it, and then the Beach Boys are you know most well known for being a harmony band and um certainly you know it's an unsettling track and i I think it's (laughs) there's you know there's a lot of tracks on this on this album that have an unsettling quality to it but this one there's something just otherworldly and unsettling and beautiful about this song that keeps me coming back and it's not you know it's not just pretty music it's it's next level thoughtfulness combined with beautiful Beautiful arranging, and um that's really rare, really rare um, and you know if for a band that's like the Beach Boys that has five or six great singers, you know it's it's really brave for Brian to stand out there on his own, like on Caroline No and just you know sing a song about you know a very, very intimate topic um so i i think it's one of those things that you know is a kind of like catching lightning in a bottle it's just one of those things that happened and it never really happened again just like that um i did want to touch on um another topic i wanted to kind of put you on the spot jason again and uh because this is a this is an interesting song it made me think about um Caroline No and uh, a few other songs that mm-hmm. have no harmonies, Beach Boys songs with no harmonies. Yeah. And um, there are 16 that I could find. Whoa. And I wondered how many of those you could name.
0: <clears throat> oh, my And not gosh. including unofficial oh,
1: release, Lord. only album release, like officially released songs, not live, not bootleg, none of that, officially released songs. And there's a couple of gray area songs that I'll let you slide on. But um, I mean, like uh,
0: in the back of my mind.
1: Sure, that's one. Just Dennis. Uh, you said you
0: said Caroline. No, um, and this one don't talk. Girl, don't tell me. Yeah, great. Okay, uh,
1: busy doing nothing. Yep. There's a couple more on Friends, just to give you a heads up. Yeah, that's right. Be still. Yeah. be still.
0: And... Jeez, let's see. <laughs> well, I mean... It's sort of a gray are area. Count- passing by? Are yes. you counting that? Because okay, passing
1: by does right. have a vocal, but there's no harmonies. It's just a unison vocal. Yeah, it's just right.
0: unison. Okay. All right. So
1: there's um, a few more... You gonna you to keep going? <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, let's see here. Think, think really think.
1: early. Think Surfer Girl album. There's there's okay. two on the Surfer wow. Girl album.
0: Okay, well then that now you see see I wouldn't <laughs> have thought that. So that's gonna be jeez. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I have to go back and think what's on. I haven't thought about Surfer Girl since we talked about it. Just All honest. right, so. Uh, I mean, let me. Hold on. <laughs> so,
1: There's one that you're
0: talking about, but they, but they have to have a vocal. Yeah, they right? have
1: to have a vocal, but it's only of one course. vocal or a unison vocal.
0: South Bay Surfer. Yes,
1: good, good one. Okay, because it's, it's all unison. unison. Yep. Oh, and one man. more, just Brian on Surfer Girl. South Bay Surfer.
0: Uh, oh, your summer dream. Yep. That, that songs. Man, that was the of my, first I one I thought of
1: when I was like, "What's another song without harmony?" Okay, so
0: I, I after I mean, looking at tomorrow. Yep,
1: looking at tomorrow. Great.
0: Uh, just because that. There's a
1: song that you, that you that you that you hate off of Wild Honey. <laughs> that is only one vocal.
0: Oh, <laughs> that's the 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 bad <laughs> really terrible song. On <laughs> um, you said Wild Honey or Wild or Honey? We talk Smiley. smiley. Wild Honey. Uh, it's uh, How She Boogalooed It. Yeah, How it. She Boogalooed It. Yeah, that, song's, that song stinks. <laughs> I, look, I look forward to talk. I mean, you know what? That's uh, the redeeming quality of that song, and I'll save the rest of my opinion later, but the
1: organ's rad. Yeah, and Carl but. sounds good. Yeah, I mean, they
0: all sound good. Come yeah, on. It's but not that's, just terrible. Just st-
1: that's a, well, it's not Summer in Paradise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, so true. there's one. It's I'm going to give you some hints, because we got to roll through this. There's one on the Christmas album. We've talked about this before.
0: Blue? Yeah, blue, blue Christmas. Christmas? There's okay.
1: one that is kind of a joke song on Summer Days, Summer Nights.
0: Uh, bugged at My yep. Old Man.
1: There is one that is kind of a... These last three are kind of gray area, but they do count, I think. So one of them off of Smile. Um, uh, old
0: Master Painter no, or whatever. you're close. Or I, mean, I mean, You Are My Sunshine. Mm-mm. No, that does that have any harmony? Yeah, there's
1: harmony on that.
0: Jeez, uh, um, I don't know. I'm what's in great Smile shape. That. Oh yeah, because yeah, well, they never finished it.
1: And then the other two are um, part of a suite, if you will. And that's my only hint that I can give you. Nin- on Smile, no. 1973.
0: Oh, the song, the California Saga Mm-mm. with the no, nope. no, that's got yeah, harmonies. Yeah, they have harmonies. On. Um, yeah, dang, traitor. Mm-mm. No, that has harmonies too. I don't know. I'm striking out on stuff on Holland. This is I tough. It's think. not on Holland. Oh, it's on the other album. On
1: uh, so tough. Mm-mm. Not on an album. Oh. oh okay i give up uh it's on mount vernon and fairway
0: oh okay so
1: better get back in bed is uh is the first one and then magic transistor radio oh yeah of course so yeah those are really tough and you did did really good for that because that's what about what
0: about cuddle up
1: there's harmonies harmonies. i went through everything man i I tried what's
0: the other one the the one that's On on the other one on Carl and the Passions*, the really obtuse orchestra song with Dennis. That has vocal, extra vocal.
1: I I haven't listened to that in forever. Make it good. That has harmonies. Make it good. Yep.
0: I guess that has, it does toward the end of it. That's right. Okay. Well, all right. I'm probably missing, Uh, I've got to be
1: missing something. So if I'm missing something, you guys write in and let me know. I know you will but i feel like i got i feel like i got all of them i think there's 16 songs and you notice that they all kind of stop in like the early 70s because like after that they were just like let's throw harmonies on everything you know and it's like i think oh, it yeah. takes a little bit of guts to just put a song on a record and not lazily like i think you know a lot of bands would do but like just purposefully saying look no no harmonies on this just this lead vocal just this performance Let's not, you know, muck about with, you know, backing vocals of any kind. And I think that's awesome. I think, I think for a lot of those songs, it's evident that they really wanted to, or for the most part, Brian really wanted to um, make the focus, the vocal, the lead vocal. So really interesting. Uh, It hasn't happened in a long time. So something food for thought there, my friends. Uh, There's a really cool version on the 1993 Linda Ronstadt album called Winter Light that uh, you guys should check out. It's pretty rad. little bit spooky I'm into it yeah it it is a little bit spooky um and this song is a little bit spooky I'm telling you this song is I like the the word that I use most to, to describe this song is unsettling beautiful but unsettling much like a lot of the Beach Boys music and some of the Beach Boys themselves yeah next time we'll be talking about Another great song called I Just Wasn't Made for These Times. Thank you guys for listening. Always a pleasure. Hopefully, we'll see some of you guys in the next couple of weeks. And until next time, you can check us out on Facebook, on our Facebook group, on the Beach Boys Appreciation Group. On our website, SailonSounds.com. Sailonpodcast Ceylon at gmail.com if you want to send us a message. Give us a shout at 615-606-3887 for voicemail and thank you to will C for the awesome bumper music as always until next time this is wyatt and jason signing off sail on sailors adios rap bastards ever f***ing reach into your festering pus filled rectums and pull out a damn son of syphilitic whore Mike spleen, love, spoken and word abortion, I f***ing swear I will climb to the mother f-ing father raping interview to your whole studio in the bowels of your mother's basement and use a f***ing dull and rusty ice to sever your shriveled and impotent from your pasty white bodies and stuff them bleeding into your oxygen f***ing mouth, you knob-headed arse badgers. You're the
2: balls air of this, you minge headed c <laughs> wombles.